Coyotes. Welcome to the CSUSB Advising Podcast. It's our return from our summer hiatus. So now we are back just in time for the fall 2021 semester to be starting. In case you forgot, this podcast helps bring you the latest advising updates at Cal State San Bernardino. Each episode is specifically made for you, the CSUSB students and parents. We provide you advising tips, interviews with both CSUSB campus resources and those in academic advising. So welcome again. My name is Matt Markin. I'm an academic advisor and graduation pledge coordinator in the Office of Advising and Academic Services. Stars out today, but we'll be back for our next episode. So don't you worry. The fall 2021 semester is here. And for some of you, you are coming back to campus. And for some, this will be your first time on the campus. Does that mean all your classes are on campus? Maybe. Or maybe you have a mixture of in-person classes and online classes. So how do you know what is what? Do you know what the deadlines are coming up soon? Do you know where to go for advising? Well, we have a guest right now to talk about all of that. And that is with Ed Mendoza, the Director of Advising and Academic Services here at Cal State San Bernardino. Ed has worked on campus for many years, so is very knowledgeable and is dedicated to helping you graduate. So let's chat with him now. Ed, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for this. Awesome. We're excited too. I know Star was, but unfortunately you couldn't make it today, but show must go on. So here we are. So let's start out with what do you do as a director and how do you help students or your office help students succeed? As a director, I try my best to look at the, the big picture, but then figure out the details for the how to do things, right? How uh, I try to find the, the barriers, those things that maybe are preventing or holding students back from accomplishing what they want to accomplish. We know, we ask them at orientation, we, in our conversations with students, we know they want to graduate, uh, the sooner the better, uh, and let us help them do that. Um, there are times that we are asked by administrators to, to focus on certain things and how advising plays a role in that. So it's really disseminating that information and, and what role advising can play in that uh, graduation initiative, retention, uh, helping students raise their GPA. Our office in particular, Advising Academic Services, we are going to be advising the first year freshmen within their first year, make sure they get off on the right track, make sure they're taking the units they need to stay on track for four years that they're understanding the resources that are on campus for them. We also advise students whose GPA may be below 2.0, uh, so we can help them stay on campus and get to graduation as well. We have the graduation pledge program, of course. We have our undeclared population that we support and help them choose a major. So we have a lot of programs within our office as well, but the overall vision, mission, philosophy behind our office is Meet the student where they're at, help them navigate this new world of university and college and, and you know, be successful along the way and, and prepare them for the next part of their life after graduation. Yeah, so our office kind of does it all. A little bit of everything from when they first start to when they're about to graduate. So it almost seems like a student at some point during their educational journey might be coming to our office or in contact with us or staying with us throughout their whole time at Cal State. So that's really good to hear. So speaking of classes, you know, and being at Cal State, fall term is going to be starting. We know Saturday classes start August 21st. Regular weekday classes start August 23rd. So if a student's thinking, 
what should I be doing right now before classes start? What would be your response to them? I'm going to break it up a little. Sorry. Every student is different, right? There's the, there's the planners. <laughs> so what, what should the planners be doing? Uh, I'm sure the planners are already looking at their schedule. Where am I going to be walking from here to there? They're probably already looking at what books do I need to buy or should I have already ordered? Cause you know, Amazon maybe gets delivered in the day. Maybe it gets delivered in a couple of days, but uh, books and preparing and, uh, I'm most professors within this week of next, not next week, they're probably going to start communicating with students in terms of expectation, in terms of whether it be an email through their Blackboard slash Canvas, whatever tool they're going to use for, for the classes. But for the planners is that for everyone else, sometimes I'd say, you know what, take a breath this next week and a half, prepare 15 week semester is pretty, is, is, is a long period. Um, it's not, it doesn't make school harder, but it's just a long period and they just preparing and managing and work wise. Do you need to talk to, you know, your work and your bosses about schedules? Do you need to talk to family about obligations at home in terms of what your responsibilities are, your priorities are with school and how that plays in? But there's not too much. It's just really making sure financial aid is, is handled. Uh, so all those pieces it's it's always good to check with an advisor. Hey, can you double check to see that I have everything? My classes are there. My financial aid is set up. We could always check all that with students too. Um, but but like I said, there's different kinds of students, and and it was a little different. And if it's I need to not think about it, so I don't stress about it. That's a good thing too. If you need to start changing that mindset back to school or in person school, that, that that's going to be a shift as well. But one of the things that that's great about our university that first week is you get to know, you get the syllabus, you get to see what the class is going to be about. You get to see all those details. And, and technically you still have an opportunity to change your schedule around if, if you choose to. But um, before classes, take a deep breath. Know, know that school's coming. Know that professors are here to help. Know that the folks on campus are here to help. But uh, just just get build that confidence again and maybe get to campus a little early when parking <laughs> with everyone coming around the same time. But that's kind of... I guess my tips for now. Yeah. And so definitely if you're listening to this before classes start, yeah, check your student center on your MyCard account, see if there's any holds or to-do list items. But like you said, instructors will be in touch with students or they might be posting things on their Canvas or Blackboard sites uh, with, with information. But I know as appointments we have, students are wondering about what books do I need and, you know, is my financial aid going to go through? So also checking that Cal State email because uh, you're going to get a lot of emails, but you want to make sure you're keeping on up to date with those. So we talked about prior to classes starting, but let's say, okay, now it's the first week or so of classes. What are the important deadlines or reminders students should know about in the first couple of weeks of school? So in our semester world, um, we have a date that's particular called census date. That's the last day a student can add a class, but that's also the last student eight can drop their class on My Coyote. For fall 2021, that date happens to be September 20th. Now, a student can't add a class on My Coyote all the way till September 20th because there's a, a staggered approach. The first week of classes, if a class is open, a student can still add classes on My Coyote. Week two, three, and four of the semester, you need a permission, whether a, a, approval, and it's in the student center uh, for students to go ask for a permission request to add a class during those weeks. 
for dropping, you can drop all the way through up to September 20th. But be careful because if you drop below a certain amount of units and financial aid changes or your package changes, you may owe money back. If you drop all the way down to zero units, you can be prorated in an amount because you technically attended a certain period. So it's all of those. Uh, if for some reason the financial aid wasn't there, or you cannot attend fall 21. We always suggest drop before that August 21st, Saturday, first day of class, because then you won't know anything to the university. But once you start dropping classes, once classes begin, there's some financial impl implications or uh, pieces attached to that. Um, during the semester, is really getting to know the area, the, the, the places to be, the writing center, the, um, the tutoring, the classrooms, uh, the offices for your professors, because we encourage office hours, advising your location. You can see that all in student center, who your advisor is and so forth. So I think all that would be helpful for students. Um, that's all I could think of right now. So definitely great advice. But one question we get a lot in, in our appointments is, if I drop a class, do I owe money back? If I add a class, am I going to pay more than the around 3500 that the tuition and campus fees are? So there's no yes or no answer to this one because every student is different, once again, based off the units they have or had. So financial aid gives money to students when they're in a certain amount of units. When those units change, they can revisit how much money they gave and they could ask for money back. Uh, if you're not receiving financial aid, same thing, depending on the timeline of when the drop happens, they can prorate an amount. So that there's, depending on days, I mean, we've even said in the past, you know, every day that you're enrolled in classes, the, the charge, once September 20th comes around, then that full amount is, is there, that 3,500 for anything over six units or that 2,300 for uh, zero to six units. So there is pieces. The other piece um, that financial aid is, is obligated by the federal government to pay attention to is if you attended your classes. So if a 15 week semester, you stop attending in week five for whatever reason, and it's probably a valid reason, but that's why it's important to communicate with someone. Because if you just walk away and not tell anyone, the professor might indicate on their report that this student has not attended my class for however many weeks or when the last time they attended was week five and financial aid can say, wait a minute, we gave you money to attend this class and receive credit for this class. So they could ask for money back even after the term for financial aid. So it's always making sure that you're talking to someone when you're making some of these decisions, not necessarily for us to say yes or no, you can't, if you have a valid reason for not attending school or, or something comes up because there's so many unpredictable things that happen, that's okay. It's really just communicating to see if there's extra pieces that we should do to help you prevent something you have to deal with later on. Yeah, perfectly said. And that all just goes if you have questions, ask, you know, whether it's the that specific department. So if it's something regarding financial aid, asking financial aid, or if you don't know who to go to, you always have your advisor who is going to be there. And like you're talking about first year students, you're going to meet with our office and advising academic services. And I guess that goes into this question. If a student is unsure who their advisor is, is it an advising center? Is it a specific person? How can they find that information out? No, that's a great question. Thank you for asking that. Um, 
for those students who have been to campus, that means you were here, admitted fall 19 or admitted before. For those students who have been on campus, your advising center, your advisor have, probably has not changed. It's probably the same advising that you had gone to before. For those that were admitted fall 20, fall 21, and you have, have not had the opportunity to come to campus, it's really getting to know the location. But if you got to meet with an advisor last year uh, during the uh, virtual year for us, it should be the same advisor advising center. But if you're unsure or you just never met with an advisor, even if it was prior or now, in your student center, towards the bottom, it says, who is my advisor there? And it might show a person's name because that's very specific on this is specifically your advisor or it might show a center. So for example, like Matt, you, you just mentioned, the first year advising for freshmen. It will say advising and academic services. I'll have the email that you can click on. It has the phone number, how you can contact us, our location. So you can always come meet with us or make an appointment with us. It also allows you to go into this appointment system to make an appointment with us and you'll see advising academic services. But there's folks that probably like doing, finding things on the website. So you can always just Google CSUSB advising and it'll take you to this website. And there's a tab there that says, who's my advisor? And it breaks it down. And there's a tab there that says, how do I make an appointment with my advisor? And it gives you instructions on how to do it as well. Um, for the first year students, we hopefully we've been meeting with a lot of them throughout the year and, and the incoming fall 21 freshmen, hopefully after orientation and the meet and greets and the coyote preps that we've done, hopefully they at least know who we are. But yeah, the transition back to campus is, where are you? Where are you located? And, and so forth. One of the things that in advising we're going to do to accommodate students, we're going to give them the opportunity to choose if when they want to meet with an advisor, do they want to do it in person because maybe they're on campus and that just makes it easier for them to come and, or maybe they just like the in-person interaction or, or virtual. Um, we use Zoom all of last year and we, we feel very comfortable with it now. So if they want to continue to have appointments via Zoom, we can also do that too to accommodate them, whatever they feel more comfortable with will be available for them. Yeah, that's probably good news for students knowing that they have that as options. So maybe they're taking all online classes and are not going to be on campus, let's say for the most part during the fall semester, then they have the option to do the virtual Zoom appointments or if they're on campus and hey, they have a break between classes, maybe they're going to do an in-person one. But at least it gives them definitely gives them the options. Now, speaking of online or in-person, some students have asked in our appointments, my schedule shows TBA for my class, or it says hybrid, or how do I know if it's online or in-person? Is it at Palm Desert, the Palm Desert campus? Is it at the San Bernardino campus? How, they hear terms like asynchronous and synchronous. Can you hit, help break some of that down for us? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I can only imagine students, not that we're any better than them, but we work here 40 hours a week and we still, need to understand all these uh, words that you just mentioned or acronyms that you just mentioned. But no, you're right. Um, our campus goal was to come back to campus, similar to what we were prior to the pandemic and prior to spring 2020 quarter. But we also now feel comfortable with more online classes and we want to make sure we provide that. And then obviously to add another layer on top of that, with the whole uh, vaccine or vaccinated and not vaccinated. Uh, for those students who 
have chosen or are choosing not to be vaccinated, we want to make sure that we have classes for them too. And if they and if by a certain date they're not they're not allowed to come to campus because of that uh, reason, we want to make sure that they can still continue their education and, and obviously earn their degree. So it's kind of thrown it for a, a loop there, those extra pieces, but the online classes. So if you look at your class schedule, if there's no classroom on there, if there's no if there's no classroom, that's a good indicator that it's online, right? But it should say on there online or fully online and so forth. If there's a date or time to meet, even though it says online, then that's usually what the synchronous means. Synchronous pretty much means though you're going to be home watching us on Zoom, we still expect you to be watching us during these days and these times because that's more than likely when the professor will be giving their lecture. There are some where it won't say a classroom, it won't say a day or time, and it'll say fully online. That, those are usually the asynchronous, meaning you do the work at your leisure, your time, if it's at midnight, because that's when you are the best to study or whatever the reason is, you do it. And yes, there'll probably be recordings from the professor on there um, using Blackboard or Canvas, like I mentioned before, but those are usually the asynchronous now. Our university has invested a, a large amount of money because we want to make sure we, we're, we're giving the students the option to succeed. So we've set up a lot of cameras uh, in all the classrooms. There were as many of the classrooms as we could. So in case a professor ever needs to have the live presentation or be able to have some students for whatever reason have to do it via Zoom, they can just turn that camera on to kind of, and every professor is going to create their own rules and policies on that. And I'm sure they will share that with you on those first couple of days of classes, but that ability will be there. Our classrooms are now set up to do, to do that. Um, the hybrid ones, those are the ones where hybrid means some days this way, some days this way, some days on campus, some days this way. And every professor will probably indicate and every professor might say, okay, only one of the days you need to come to the campus, the other day is asynchronous, you do the work on your own, or the other day will just meet via Zoom at the same time, just another day. Or maybe some professor might say, just the first couple of weeks will be this or that. So every professor might change it up, but so it, it could be a class-by-class -class decision on the hybrid model. But the hybrid model means a little bit of both, right? Uh, I'm looking here, I don't know if I wrote it all down, but did I miss any one of those, Matt, asynchronous? Oh, and if the if it's Palm Desert or the San Bernardino campus? Great question. I, yeah, I I remember my days working in front of University Hall on the first couple of days of classes just to try to help students know where to go. And I wouldn't say funny. I would I would find some humor in it, but at the same time, it was sad for the students to come and say, "Hey, where's this RG building or where's this IW building?" And those are in Palm Desert, which are a little further away, 70 miles away from this campus in Palm Desert. So it's important that you're looking on your schedule because the, the buildings usually say, most of the Palm Desert classes are usually section 80 through 99. And I don't expect all students to kind of know where the section, but when you're looking at your class schedule, there's usually a five digit class number. But when you're looking at accounting 2210 dash, zero one or zero two or zero that's the section number if it says dash 81 82 80 those are usually the palm desert sections 
Um, but it's really knowing. So RG is the Rogers Gateway, IW is the Indian Wells. And hopefully you you intentionally try to register for Palm Desert classes. But if it's fully online, you can take the classes. Even though they're Palm Desert sections, you're more than welcome to. And same thing with the Palm Desert students. They are more than welcome to take the classes at the San Bernardino campus or the San Bernardino sections that are online. So it, it's not a restriction. Don't worry about it. Can I or can I not or, do, or am I not allowed to? It's more Matt asked that question. So you don't have to worry about having to figure out how, how I only have 10 minutes to drive 70 miles to my next class kind of kind of thing. Oh, and speaking of like, let's say 10 minutes, we get that question a lot too in terms of I have classes that are pretty much back to back and it says they're 10 to 15 minutes apart. Am I going to have enough time to get to my next class? So when I, when I was a student here, 10 minutes was plenty of time. But when I was a student here, they didn't have all the buildings that we have now as well. It was still spread out. It was still 10 minutes is plenty of time uh, for you to get from class to class. Do not worry about that. Um, I always tell students, you're perfectly fine the back-to-back -back classes. Maybe try to figure out if you need a lunch break or a snack break in, in the middle of that, or if you feel you, you know, because when you have back-to-back -back classes during finals week, they might be back-to-back -back finals too. And even though we try to move things around for you, but yeah, no, 10 minutes that, that you normally have between class, you have plenty of time. Uh, some professors on certain days, maybe you get out a little earlier, depending on the, on the times for the week. And the other ones already expect that. So, You'll, you'll be perfectly fine. And our last question for you is an advice question. Like what advice would you give to students that maybe are coming back to CSUSB after being remote for almost a, a year and a half, or even those that this is their first time that they're going to be on the San Bernardino campus, whether they're a new student coming in for fall or they were a new student last year, but didn't have the opportunity to, to be on campus. Any advice you have for those students? It's similar to the advice I try to give students all the time it's whatever you want out of this it, it's up to you if you just want to come to class and, and go home that's that's perfectly fine who am i to judge your life and your schedule and your priorities it's whatever you want out of this if if you at some point did picture college as a place to learn and grow you're learning in the classroom but are you doing the other pieces to grow are you doing those other pieces to gain that confidence that you're gonna need when you're interviewing for jobs in your career path and so forth. Um, if you're looking at to go to graduate programs, are there any things you're doing to prepare for that? Are you meeting with professors that may write your letters of recommendation? Are you meeting with the right folks that can help you prepare for all those deadlines and all those priorities? So coming back to campus, we're looking forward to it on campus to welcome you back. Um, you'll see, if you haven't seen some of the, the new stuff we have on campus, uh, if you were a student before you left, you saw that we were starting to build a student union that will be open during this academic year. And you'll start seeing that there's some nice new CSUSB letters that you can take pictures with now behind the library. So the, there's a lot of those fun activities. I know our, our student affairs partners are looking to really engage students and, and get them involved because there's so many benefits to doing that. I know COVID has still delayed some of the programming that we want to do in terms of big events, in terms of maybe national student exchange programs, in terms of study abroad programs, but really engage whenever you have the opportunity to engage. 
you don't have to go to every single thing. You Maybe not every single thing is something that matches your interest, but try to engage in some way. Maybe it's engaging with an advisor and, and getting to talk to them more. Maybe it's engaging, like I said, with an activity that you find just more uh, fun or relaxing or, or a stress relief for you, whatever that may be. But it's really, it's really about coming back to campus to, to gain all that that you missed for a year. So what are the pieces that you weren't able to do because you were at home and, and virtual? So start taking advantage of all that. I mean, I've always told students, you pay, you pay a good amount of money to attend school. And, and part of that money that you pay is for a lot of these uh, resources that you can do use. And you mentioned the, uh, the rec center, go work out, go, go do intramural sports if that's something that helps you. Um, but one of the things too is I, to try to, to try to make a positive of, of what happened last year in the pandemic and, and, and so much negative pieces that come with that. You were in a position that others have not ever been in. And for you to, to thrive through that, for you to be resilient through that and come back to campus and now do the other pieces, these are things that are going to help you later on. These are things that within yourself, you're going to be like, I've been able to do these things before. I, I know I can do this later. Hopefully you build some of that confidence within yourself too. But I guess that's, that's really the big thing. Make it whatever you want it to be, but don't sell yourself short. If you wanted to do something, don't be shy to do it. We can, we can, if you need someone to nudge you, I'll help nudge you. If you need someone to just talk more through it, we're more than helping in, in the advising community to do that too. So, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing all of you guys back, though I, I may not see every single one, but uh, I, I think it's it's going to be great. It's going to be a great experience for all of you guys. Yeah, it's definitely great advice. And I mean, especially with knowing that there's plenty of opportunities, but yeah, you don't have to do everything, but there's always going to be something for you, whatever your interests are or whatever you're looking to do. And so at least that's definitely something that our institution, among others too, that will be offering um, our students. So thank you again, Ed. We've reached the end of our interview. Appreciate you taking the time to give us this information. It's very, I know it's gonna be very helpful for our students and I'm sure they might have more questions and might come to you and say, hey, can you help nudge me in a certain direction? Uh, but thank you again, Ed, for joining us. Thank you, Matt. I, it was my first podcast, so I appreciate it. Thank you again, Ed, for joining us. If you liked this episode and learned something, make it easy and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform, Apple, Spotify, Google, you name it, we're there. And stay up to date on our social media, Instagram, TikTok, at CSUSB Advising. Until next time, go Yotes and keep advising. <laughs>